0: Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Collaboration Podcast. This is where you will find practical, easy-to-follow cosmic tools, ancient wisdoms, and energetic insights that will help you transform and create a true sense of fulfillment in life. Tune in each week as our astrologers, human design specialists, intuitive and wellness experts come together to dive deep into the energetics of the week. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, the adventure with your spiritual chaperones begins now.
1: And welcome to the Cosmic Collaboration. We're here for our second week after summer. Um, and we are great to be back. So we've got some really exciting news for everybody as well because there's been some you know further developments since last week about how we're growing. And I'm going to come to that in a minute just to introduce the room welcome to the cosmic collaboration this is where you will find practical easy to follow cosmic tools ancient wisdoms and energetic insights that will help you transform and create a true sense of fulfillment in life tune in each week on tuesdays for the astrologers human design specialists intuitive and wellness experts and come together to deep dive into the energetics of the week And if you would like to ask questions, please write to me in the the chat. And please note that it's not a room for individual chats, but really just a general room about the energy of the week. And we will go for 90 minutes and conclude with a meditation so that you can heighten your connection to the energy of the week. To introduce our speakers, we have Dear James, who is an LA-based intuitive And we also have Sebastian Bernard, who is a Turkey-based astrologer, Western astrologer and Hellenistic astrologer, and Kadia, who is a New York-based astrologer, and uh, also actor and writer. Okay, so here we go. Sebastian, would you like to kick off this evening? Thank you.
2: Absolutely. Um, So, I'm going to sort of do a zoom in on the full moon, Um, but sort of playing with some concepts um, before I get there. Um, So, there are events in astrology that focus our attention on um, opposition and duality. And Before even getting into the more detailed um, mathematics of a chart as astrologers, so things like trines, squares, sextiles, the opposition is probably the easiest, most intuitive quality to understand, even more so than the conjunction, ironically, um, for me, which is when two planets are aligned or close to one another. And oppositions in many of their manifestations are um, readily seen by the naked eye, and also, I would say, felt by the will. So they're one of the first things astrologers noticed and began to focus on, even though um, earlier on they didn't know they were dealing with oppositions, quite likely. Um, And so some of the most powerful oppositional events like full moons and eclipses, were um, present um, among the development of deities over time in Vedic astrology. um, There were gods associated with um, these events, even though later they became very specific astrological concepts, like the north node and the south node um, of the moon. So um, I would say that not all oppositions are made equal. And uh, there was something very mystical and deep about the full moon that just happened yesterday. Um, Because we began with a new moon in Virgo two weeks ago. And since we have a full moon every month, and the lunar cycle ended um, in the last degrees of Pisces, so in the opposite sign. So I think every oppositional sign must be thought of to an extent as two sides um, of, if not the same coin, then the same karmic material. So a universal karmic task that is primordially connected, like two strings of a shoe or two entangled particles, um, in no small part because uh, such events as the full moons unite them, um, as do the nodes of the moon which are always oppositional uh, because of the nature of orbits and their intersection Um, and we usually start to understand much more about a sign when we also think of its opposite though this may be hard in the beginning so why is this a special cycle Um, because it started midway within the zodiac in virgo and ended in the last sign which is pisces And not only the last sign, but the last degrees of the last sign. And it happened on on or a day before the September equinox. So let's unpack what all of that means. So first, it's important to look at the symbolism of both Virgo and Pisces. Um, Virgo, as I've talked about before, is the Magna Mater in her oldest representation. So she's the single Mother Earth of ancient Greece, who doesn't need a man because, um, well, she's Mother Earth. And Pisces is all things water. Of all the water signs, she's the deepest. She represents the primordial ocean from which all life began, the vastest depths of our psyche. And in fact, uh, the point where our psyche is almost inextricably merged with the cosmos. So at her highest level, Pisces represents the state of nirvana and heightened consciousness and the things that come with that, like plenty, compassion, non-judgment, and absolute selflessness, because there is no self to speak of anymore. So we go from a sign that's all about order and agriculture and nutrition, but also caring and providing for others. That's what Mother Earth does. To a sign in which the very distinction between self and non self no longer exists. Um, and the reason I dwell on this, even though the full moon has passed, is because of just how powerful and important a message it represents, um, especially occurring so near an equinox um, within 24 hours. So it usually, when this happens, it requires a kind of paradigm shift in how we deal with ourselves um, through others, especially this duality, this combination of two signs. Um, And it's telling us that perhaps the key to our own happiness is to do things for others. Uh, Be with others, provide for others, listen to others. And sometimes it's surprising just how much of our own yoke we put down when we show up for others. And sometimes it's messy and complicated and requires a lot of effort. But even then, we have done the greatest task and we found a way into the self that lies outside it. So with Mars in Libra, which was creating a lot of power struggles in the earlier degrees, and the North Node still in Gemini, this energy is also asking us to be playful about these things. Even performative, if we feel like it, and to record them, to keep memories of them. So we would like to be guided to take more pictures, to send out more letters or emails. We don't do that anymore. So these are good ways um, to also heighten and contribute to the state of um, collectivity and union. And I think one of the last last (laughs) bit of symbolisms that we could talk about with these two is, Ablution or purity, coming from Virgo, in order to um, meet the divine in Pisces or enter an altered state or a different state. Um, you can think of this in any sort of context you want. Whether you know it's saintliness, um, abnegation of some form um, of you know the saint in the deserts communing with animals um any sort of experience that requires um a very sort of large leap outside the self um and you know perhaps more of us can unpack uh those two bits of symbolism as we go on and yeah i think that's it for me Great, Sebastian.
1: Um, so, thank you for that. I mean, one of the things that I think is always interesting when we talk about, you know, the other, yeah, is, you know, I think that a big part of this year, which we talked about last week, was what do we do for others, you know, to alleviate suffering and, you know, we with all the kind of alignment of the planets. And, and certainly, you know, when the moon's in Pisces, it's kind of in Pisces and and Aries, it sort of crosses over the two at the same time. So, Kabbalistically, we would go with Libra in Aries, but, of course, it's just, you know, as valid to go with Virgo in Pisces at the moment because there's so much, like, you know, half and half at the moment with the way that the the full moons and the new moons are going right so um you know we could speak to both but let's speak to this virgo and pisces right because uh you know virgos by nature do care for others they give great advice they're very caring people uh they 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 like to um they like to bring a sense of order to things, a sense of healing to things that's filled by the you know Virgin. And so there's a tremendous light. And also Pisces like to help with each other um, and care for other people, this compassion and kindness. So, you know, this is it. And also at the same time, we have Mars in Libra. Okay, so here's my concern, right? Libra is all about the other, right? It's all about the relationship. It's all about me in, in context with another person, right? Whenever you have Mars in Libra, it means that my power goes to the other person, right? Um, negatively, obviously, like that could be a big negativity. If you've got a full moon Pisces, Pisces being one, I know about, all about it, you tend to give a martyrry, self-sacrifice things to it, right? Uh, Virgo, when it cares, it can go past care into a kind of worry, right they, they they care and then it tips over into worry or oh, are they going to be all right and they get in the details right there's kind of a, a way that what is caring for others all about like where does it lead to is it because i'm nicey nicey and i'm doing something for others and you know i'm a bad person and if i do x y and z i'm a good person right and this is the way we religiously think about it right? There's something wrong with me until I go out and do something with somebody else. And now I can have this sense of like, oh, I'm, I, you know, good. I fit in, right? I'm a part of something. I made something better, but I have a problem with that because I think when you, when you do that, it, it it's sort of, um, that sense of belonging to something or fitting into something is really given over to the other, right? You lose a lot of self. So, where do you belong? Like, what if, where do you belong? Like, what am I contributing to? Am I contributing to a community, a family, or these sorts of things that make a a nation, maybe another country or whatever? But does that give me a sense of belonging to that and making it better and, you know, and all of that? I wonder, in all of this kind of moment, in that sense of belonging, that I belong to a community, I belong to a group that we lose senses of ourselves, right? So... We we kind of we kind of think that now that I'm contributing to something and good with something, these people will like me. I'll be very nice, they'll they'll consider me the nice person, and I've gone from being, you know, and I've rectified myself in some way. I take it from a different point, right? I think we're all right as we are and we're okay. And that sharing with another person, right, is really quite selfish. I think it's to empower myself, right? I'm I'm in a, I don't want to belong to another group. I want to belong to me and I want to belong to my cosmos, right? I belong to me, right? I belong to my cosmos and I, to be feel fulfilled, to feel happy, I need to share that world. I'm in my own bubble, my own world, in my own holographic reality. Somebody comes in and for me to feel fulfilled, I want to share something, right? Now, the intention here matters. Intentionality matters because intention. if I'm just giving for the sake of with no consciousness, no intention, right, then the effect is probably negative because we start from the negative point. We start from the ego perspective. We start from that perspective and we need to choose light. I need to have an intention as to why I'm doing this, right? So, so I think here. Uh, intentionality really matters. What are my purest, highest reasons for sharing? Because if I don't have the intentionality, that's not driving the course and I know what the effect will be. I know that the effect will be somewhat negative, right, because I've given no thought to my sharing. I've just contributed in there, right? So I think here with these kind of combinations of Mars in Libra, which, you know, gives a lot of power to the other, with this combination of, you know, moon, that, that contributing to others is, 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 in one sense, why are we doing it? What is it to do? What's the ultimate outcome? And Sebastian, what do you feel? I mean, like, what do you think it's for?
2: I think it's uh, interesting because, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes going outside the self and communicating is almost an act of desperation. It really depends where we are. And I think sometimes we share from a space of completeness and abundance. and sometimes, um, And sometimes we have no choice to share, you know, someone comes, you know, we the shoulders to cry on. Um, and, and yet we, uh, we discover more about ourselves. So I think, you know, it's, it's very karmically complicated, I find. And um, so, you know, especially now with um, the moon conjuncting Chiron and Aries, you know, which we talked about a lot and the wounds about self-image that have been coming up. Um, you know, we are in the big age of uh, self-image and self-promotion, you know, electronic p- presence. Um, you know, and, and Venus being in Scorpio sort of also kind of heightens senses of, um, uh, of possibilities of, of loss, of um, sort of obsessions that could be with the self as well. Um, and then Mars is again asking us, "Well, maybe this is outside. What you're seeking is outside," as you said, Matt. And uh, it's really a balancing act now, you know. Um, so I, I do think, um, yeah, sharing is is a very complicated and, and dialectic act, which is why I always like, you know, okay, so we're talking about Libra, then, well, we leap into Aries, and how. How do we get in touch with our spontaneity, our flame, and how do we share from a place of confidence um, and intuition as well, which sometimes Libra is not so good at. It says, well, where's the truth up here? Um, where's the truth out there um, abstractly? So, yeah, uh, those would be kind of my, my additions on, on what you shared.
1: Because like in, in coaching, people come along and say, oh, I do this for my friend and I and I love this person so much and I, and I do all this and I'm drained, right? I'm drained. And where was the starting point for the drain, right? The starting point for the drain was that, oh, I should do this and I have to do that. And and now, oh, this person's crying in front of me. I'm obliged to do all this. And now oh, I wanted to go and do this, you know, actually down here, but I'm stuck in here doing this. This is the drain, right? We haven't set an intention for why we're doing something. Now, there's nothing wrong with share. I, you know, obviously nothing wrong with it, but I have to say that there's two kinds of sharing. I think there's intentional sharing where, where I'm coming from my highest good self with a pure intention here to really shift something in me so I'll share, right? Because it's uncomfortable for me. Not because I have to, not because I should, not because it's socially polite, but very liberal, right? Not because of all of this sort of stuff, right but because I think that if I share now, I'm gonna grow in some way because it's like I'm going to be able to be like a, be like the Creator. It's not comfortable, but this is in my, 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 my matrix. This is in my field that doesn't really exist, so it's not really there, right? But somehow it's crept into my hologram, and what am I going to do with it? How am I going to transform it? It's not something I want, right? So the, the, the shoulds and the woulds and the coulds all creep in and keep it there because it's not coming from the higher self. It's coming from the physical body. It's coming from the morals and the ethics and all of those things that, you know, otherwise. But I think when we come from the, when something comes into our life that we have an opportunity to share, it's an opportunity to inject light. It's an opportunity for me to inject my light of my cosmos, of my world into maybe someone else's. But ultimately what I'm doing, I think, when I'm sharing from that higher self is I'm completing my world, yes? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm making my world more complete, myself more complete, my universe more complete, right? Because where does that sharing ultimately go in the cause and effect reality? It, only, it, it can only come back to me, right? So the whole thing that I'm giving someone to someone else is really like just a, a tunnel for this road to come back to me, Right? So so unless I have that intention when I'm sharing, I'm just sharing shoulds and woulds and obligations and duties and this is morally and, and politely correct in this moment, keeping me trapped in that reality by coming from that point. Right? So so here I think that we can we can do the same sharing but from two different points. And 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 it's not to say don't share. I'm saying where is the point of starting? Where's the starting point of the sharing? If the starting point of the sharing is, I really want to inject my light into here, and here's an opportunity for me to feel fulfilled, and to and to have that as an effect, then I'm probably in a better place. It sounds. Counterintuitive because now I'm making it sound selfish, right? Which is when the ego comes in and says, Oh, now you're selfish. You're just thinking about your own world by using other people. But there are no other people and it's an effect world. So where does it go ultimately? Yeah. Cardi, do you have a different view on sharing?
0: Um, I'm fascinated by this conversation. You know, we often forget that we are the vessel. We are not the light. We are the vessel through which the light comes. And that's when the confusion and that's when the discord, the internal discord happens. And so the depletion that you're describing or the, the rays of the ego, that fluff up um, peacock syndrome, I call that happens when that vessel, right? If the vessel, if we receive, we have a desire to receive just for ourselves alone the water stays there and becomes muddy and stinky, right? On the contrary, when we want to not share, when we want to give because it satisfies us, we empty that cup, and this is where that sense of depletion comes from, right? So the, 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 the way I understand it is the desire here is not to give because I need to be everybody's savior, but to truly share, And that means I also have to grow my desire and grow my vessel by restricting. So it's some, in some instances, not help, especially when I'm not asked to. I'm not a savior. I'm not the light. I'm the vessel, right? And the other way is growing the vessel by, so restricting, but also um, asking to receive to really make a difference. And I don't often know how I'm meant to, to, to make a difference because it's my own very limited five senses, you know, uh, uh, understanding of what I'm here to do. It's much grander than that. So I, when I'm in that space of like, I need to go and fix, 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 fix. I, I don't really, I can't. Again, it's that tunnel vision. I can't expand to the periphery and really understand what my purpose here is. And that's when I become a. a a greater vessel to share. And and this theme actually that's happening, we're all so aligned, it's magnificent. I mean, incredible. Um, This week is the Kabbalistic holiday of Sukkot. It's a very powerful week. It's a window of opportunity to draw the energy of mercy into our lives. It's a time to practice gentleness, softness, kindness patience, not just with ourselves, right? And proactively, not, not, not just passively, but proactively inject these energetics into our lives, but also with other people. So, the theme this week is to understand that we are co-creating with the universe, with the creator. We are co-creators this week. And this full moon in Pisces, which is very emotionally charged, I don't know if anybody else has felt that, um, it came with a big force of a healing force. And yes, the theme is, um, the collective, like how are we, what's coming up for us and how can we integrate that into to become a a co-creator of the bigger picture and the bigger plan and in turn humanity. Now, When I hear these words, nowadays, I hear collective and humanity and impact the world. And and it goes in one ear and then the other because there's a lot of bypassing happening in this practice. Because what can I do is the little person that sits here in an apartment right now in front of a mic do for the entire world if I don't have a world stage. Now, we have to remember, like you spoke of, um, Matt, the hologram. Everything is a reflection of parts of me. We're all sparks of each other. And we reflect that light back to each other. And so my work in the world is not towards the world. It's towards the person next to me. Actually, it starts, it's towards myself. And then the person next to me, my child, even animals, even uh, um, things, right? Inanimate things and plants, the way I treat, the way I approach, the way I listen to my surroundings, this is how I create the ripple effect to truly have a bigger impact in the world. So it doesn't have to be, how, what can I do to impact the world? Well, what do you do now? How did you speak to the person you just crossed who was impatient with you? You know what I mean? So it's it's a very grand theme, but it's very practical. Like we, every single moment we have the opportunity to practice that grand scheme, in our lives, in a very small, which seems very small and intimate, but it has a grand effect and it has that ripple effect. And so now Jupiter, that is the ruler of this full moon in Pisces, is trining Mercury, which is really, really good because that's usually a week of very good news. So look out for good news. Um, But it also supports that, the energetics of this week, because it ignites the desire to also, Because Mercury speaks of knowledge, right? It represents knowledge, among other things. But it ignites the desire or the urge and need for us to share our knowledge with other people, to pay it forward. And here comes another piece of the puzzle. We here have an opportunity to focus on the teachings, not the teacher. And I repeat that because when we focus on the teachings... We, we can make sure the knowledge is timeless, that it keeps moving forward. When we focus on the teacher, that's when it stops right here. And that's what, again, we go into the tunnel of vision versus seeing the entire periphery. So by focusing on the teachings and how can I pass that on to my children, on my social media, in my conversations, how can I Instead of harboring that knowledge, thinking it's a secret, that's you know, how can I move that forward? Because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not elevating anywhere if I'm not bringing people with me. Again, remember, we all have to get there together. We can't just sit there at the top of the mountain and and, and think we're almighty. It has to be shared. Just like in martial arts, you can't get a red belt, which is the tenth, the dan one. You can't get a red belt unless you have a school disciples you can't so you always have to move on the teachings and this is also you know jupiter who is also a spiritual teacher right um now tomorrow mercury is going to square pluto and it's going to stay there for a little while until october 1st and the square is a tense aspect of 90 degrees however i like squares because they kind of push us to do the work right um Mercury is going to station um, retrograde by the beginning of next week. So that's why it's kind of staying like that for a little while. Um, and it, that will unearth some knowledge, maybe some feelings, some thoughts that we have. Um, and the sun tomorrow, moving into the fall equinox, as you mentioned, going into Libra, it's going to be there along with Mercury in retrograde. Again, time for reflection. And remember last week, I mentioned Neptune, how it brings up messages that keep coming up, that we keep rejecting. It could even be a person mentioning something to us and they don't think anything about it. But we're like, I keep hearing that. Why am I hearing that? How is it relevant to my life? Take that piece of information this week and integrate that. See where it belongs in your puzzle or uh, even which puzzle piece has to be replaced. Maybe it's time to really reevaluate certain beliefs that we have that are really, and again, it's that the most potential to reveal light is when we are uncomfortable and uncomfortable is not just getting out of our PJs. (laughs) It's the way we think it's the most difficult thing to move from. And by the way, the moon is going to be in Taurus. So the moon in Taurus is not going to want us to move very easily. It's going to be very stubborn. Um, So yeah. So it goes from good news week to diving deep into the undercurrents and facing some change. And then we'll get good news and flowing of news when Mercury is going to try and Jupiter again on October 3rd. Now, the process of Mercury retrograde, I find that to be quite fascinating because Mercury is an evening star. And when it goes into when it goes retrograde, it disappears. And it will show up on October 18th when it goes direct again. It shows up as a morning star. I mean, look at the metaphor behind this. It's right there shining on us. It disappears into the undercurrent where we do the reevaluation, rethinking, restructuring, and it comes up. It rises as a morning star. How beautiful is that? I mean, it's quite magnificent to me. I, I love that. Um, now, what tools can we use? My um, rising Taurus wants tools. Uh, what tools can we use this week? Certainty and appreciation. I've personally experienced a lot of silence this week. I'm very used to motion and action. And sometimes I'd even prefer negative action than no action, which is, uh, you know, something I'm definitely facing this week. And I think it's fascinating because I'm fully aware that in this silence is where the keys is where the, where the um, magic is. In that silence is where the magic is. Because again, I'm going from the tunnel vision and I'm opening up the periphery. Oops. My bad. Um, I'm opening up the periphery, right? That's where I get the messages. That's where I practice certainty. Certainty when it's quiet, when I'm not receiving praise, when jobs are not coming in, when I feel lonely, when I'm not around people to reflect something back to me, right? It's validation. When I'm lacking the validation, when things don't work the way I want or don't work at all, or don't come my way, like what happens in that space? If I practice, first of all, gratitude and appreciation for that moment of uncertainty, and also look at that uncertainty, certainty, practicing certainty and the uncertainty, meaning understanding and knowing, not knowing in the head, but knowing on a soul level that everything is where it needs to be. And all I need to do is start paying attention, opening the the senses and really paying attention and seeing what opens up in the periphery because that tunnel vision is 1%. The periphery is the 99. And that goes along with us being the co-creators because we're not just there, things happening to us. We are co-creating in that space of silence
1: okay great so i think you know here i just want to share on that because there's so many amazing things from both sebastian and cardia about sharing co-creation about where we're at in our lives and how much certainty we have right so here i have a like a practical example right somebody let's say you're great at cake making and it's somebody's birthday What everybody's going to turn to you to make the cake, right? Because that's what you're known for. And automatically, you're the cake maker, so you say yes, right? Now, just look at where the consciousness is when you say yes to things. Is it because if I make the cake, that means I can take it in and I can put the cake in the middle of the table and everybody will see that I've made the cake and I can make cake that I like. And I I know she likes that cake, so she'll like me. And if I don't make the cake, then maybe they'll judge me and I'm not ready to be judged. And I know it's going to please them if I make it. And so I should make it. Uh, Well, no one else will do it. And maybe they won't invite me anymore and I'll be lonely. I mean, I can give you 45 different egotistical reasons, right? Why sharing is not always good vibe is where is it based in? Yeah So even in practical exam, I mean I do it. So I'm not saying cake makers are the only people that do it. I do it all the time. I don't check myself before I go and check share right. So really it starts I think with this consciousness or this intentionality that we're co-creating something from the light. And the only way to inject light into a situation, because they don't want the cake, they want the light from the cake, they want the joy of the cake, they want the experience of the cake, they want, you know, the fact that cake will bring people together. They don't really, you know, the cake is lovely for two seconds, right? But the joy of the collaboration, the joy of, of sharing, the joy of of being able to come together around something will last on forever, right? So the, the fulfilment of the sharing is really about where am i sharing from why am i sharing where is my consciousness right now if it's in the control factor the judging factor the like me factor the pleasing factor the should factor the no one else will do it factor, the the lonely factor this is where we will drain and your message will be clear that you're sharing from your ego but what do we do we blame the other person for asking us right can you pick up the kids? Oh, yeah, sure, because if I don't pick up her kids, you know, no one else would do it and she's not well and I need to do oh, it. goes on in, in all sorts of practical areas about where we give away parts of our, our light because we're doing it not from the, the, the soul. We're not doing it from the light. I'm not saying don't do it. Far from it. Do it. But do it from your co-creational space right do it from that joy space that light that light filled space okay now what happens if you make a cake and you take it to the party and your natural reaction is oh i'm going to put the cake on the table and everybody's going to i'm practically pushing the person's birth whose birthday is out of the way so everyone can see me put the cake down right and all of this sort of stuff right it's it's metaphorically speaking so here i think that you know this is a, a great time to check our sharing when mars is in libra it's always about how much power am i giving to the other but not because i'm and that person is taking it from me but because i haven't checked myself about where my sharing is originally from what's the seed level what's the what's the root of it now as kari is saying if this is the week of messages, of news, we don't want to confuse our stories, our cha-cha in our head with, with the message, right? Now, the stories are always like, oh, if the, the big, grandiose, complicated things that we can come with about why things happened, all the excuses, all the reasons, the wind was like this, and Jenny turned up like that, and my father said this to me, and all this big story is, is not the message, the message is usually like three words it's so simple it's so clear uh and this and my guess is it'll be related to where we're sharing from what is the point at which i'm sharing from because this is a you know this is a point where we can really reset intentions because when we're in a full moon space whether we think it's in virgo or in aries the point is that i can check my intentions for how i'm sharing how can i be more me right from my sharing how can I reveal my true self from my sharing not what other people will consider about me for sharing right so it's when we get into the story of the sharing that we lose it when we get into the message of the sharing here's why I'm doing it then we really empower ourselves, right? Because now it doesn't matter what the result of the sharing is. I feel fulfilled. I'm doing it for all, like the highest good of me and revealing light in the world. I feel fulfilled by sharing this way, right? So as Cardia said, tucked away in there, was a wonderful tool, restriction, right? A basic Kabbalistic tool of restriction. The easiest way to explain it is when you have a light bulb, it's usually a couple of coppers going in to reveal the light. The light's not revealed from the one giving the energy. The light's revealed from the the copper that's restricting the energy, right? So here we have in nature that through the power of pulling back out of something that I automatically do, I'm back in control. I automatically share from a place of, I want to control the situation. I automatically share from the place that if I don't do something, someone will judge me. I automatically share from the place I want to be liked. Or as we're in the month of Libra, I automatically share because I want to please somebody. I automatically share because I think it's that's what should happen. I automatically share because no one else will do it. I automatically share because I'm lonely and that'll make me liked, right? And so on and so on and so on, right? This in the full moon really look at your intentions for sharing. Now, we'll all fall. We're all human beings. But if we can get it into practice and grow an awareness around it, grow in a consciousness around it, we can really like root ourselves in ourselves. We can belong more to ourselves. We can belong more to the light that we're supposed to reveal in the situation, that the light that I'm supposed to give, it's like, a you know, it takes a whole village to raise a child. You can't do it all yourself. Everybody's sharing their little bit. But if I don't know what my role is in that sharing, I've missed the target. Yeah. Um, I've said this in the in the podcast as well with Nicole, but it's like throwing darts. I can share um, my dart, but if it hasn't got intention, it's just gonna fly off into the wall. The intention gives it direction, it gives it meaning, it gives it purpose. And so when we share and the other person receives it. They couldn't give two hoots about what's coming into their life. They get the energy of the care. They get the energy of the love. They get the energy of all your beautiful soul, right? And you're revealing more of you, right? I'm doing it because love or care or something higher, something, you know, from that higher level of elevation, elevated reality. You get bonus points, as Cardia said, when it's uncomfortable. If you're always the If you're always the birthday cake maker, you're not really extending your sharing. You're just falling into old routines that you know will work out to your benefit, right? If you're never, (laughs) what's something you do at a birthday? (laughs) If you're never the hat wearer, I'm never the hat wearer. I just really cringe at birthday hangouts. So I put them on (laughs) to try and break something in myself. As ridiculous as it sounds, When you do that, it reveals more light. When you're doing the sharing from a more uncomfortable place, you're actually revealing more light into your world firstly and then someone else's and back again to your world, right? By doing something that is uncomfortable, by breaking the limitations, you're becoming more like God. You're becoming more of a creator because then I can share in more ways than I could ever have done before. All right. James, could you give us some intuitive insights? Thank you.
3: Yes. So as Katia had mentioned a moment ago, and, and it's, it's something that maybe our listeners aren't aware of, um, we never sit down ahead of this show and talk about what the theme is going to be or what, what we're each looking at in something. It, it comes very cosmically. It comes very, and it's very synchronistic. And so there's a beauty in the sense of um, we've just used a a quote, and we're here, we're talking about um, sharing and everything, and we've utilized a quote that says, to serve is honorable, to share one of life's greatest joys. And so in talking about this aspect of sharing and the synchronicity of the fact that that quote was utilized just recently. And today's show is now this is mind blowing in and of itself. But again, the unseen is constantly working through us as we're all aspecting. And as Kadi is talking about, and, and just to touch on this piece before I get into the intuitive messages, you know, the aspect of sharing is very revealing. And as you had mentioned, Matt, what is the purity of your intention. Because if your intention in sharing from the get-go, it, it reveals itself instantaneously. Because if your intention is kind of mired in the outcome that you're seeking, then you are, in, sense, in essence, sharing. Um, well, I, I would ask, are you really sharing? Um, because in that instance, sharing is to be open, is to be in a state of, of uh, bliss, surrender, openness, purity. And in the sharing, the light is amplified. It, the light speaks for itself. And so when we come into an aspect of sharing, ask yourself, am I, am I able to, am I willing, am I able to do this from a pure state of being, from a state of bliss, of purity? If you're not Don't do it because, in essence, what that says is it will reveal to you in your own silence, as Cody was speaking. You know, in our own silence, if the answer is no, you'll automatically already know why. And therein lies an opportunity for you to then, as Matt said, get into the uncomfortable parts and do the necessary works to kind of undig or unlayer why am I not able to show up in a more pure way, in a more um, with a pure intention, and vice versa in the receiving of that, am I asking for all the wrong reasons? Because the it, it goes both ways, you know. As Sebastian was saying, two sides of the same coin is the ask in the share. One where you're demonstrating purity, light, or are you demonstrating your shadow? So these are. Um, you know, it's, it's not complicated. It just requires us to really stop and look at ourselves and then execute whether or not we're going to share, Or you know, because again, as Matt said, and he's used the beautiful analogy of the cake and the baking of the cake and, you know, are you doing it for the joy of the cake? Because again, Katya mentioned earlier, you know, everything, people, places, things, it's all energy, um, my mom and my aunt um, made were cake decorators for many, many years. So we we were, I have a very personal affinity to this of um, of the fact that they would make the wedding cakes and the birthday cakes and everything. And we often joke now as adults and everything, um, you know, when they when they cut into the cake, if they could hear what came out of it, <laughs> um, because there was lots that went into it. Certainly, a lot of love. Um, Many times, you know, a lot of cuss words and other things, but but this is the act of creating, and this is the act of, of giving. And yet, what they always did was they did this from the purity of their heart. They did this truly from the purity of giving. It wasn't to be seen just to be seen or to be noticed. They did it from the place of love. They wanted to give to whomever the recipient was, a slice of love, a piece of love. And so, it's a beautiful lesson, wonderful analogies. Um, To get into the messages this week, the intuitive insight messages, I want to take a step back for just a moment. And last week, we were in a state of endings, beginnings, renewal, expansion, and this great possessing. And we had double 14s, and of course, the great harvest. And so, we had the full moon, um, yesterday. We have the equinox coming up tomorrow. And again, I've noticed in the numbers in the dates. And when I sat down to write this and listen, it was at 10.01. So, you have ones which are act as a gateway. You have zeros, which represent source. And so, you can see that the way in all that we're talking about, the way to, the way through is going to be source. As Kadya mentioned, we are vessels. We are the custodian. You are the custodian of your life. You aren't your life. We're the custodian of that light, of that experience, that expression. And so how is it? What is it that we're doing with it? And in today, it's the 21st, and it's also 2021. So we have double 21s. And the first thing they said to me was, there's something, and this was then underlined, very magical, quote, in the air. And I immediately had this image of the Disney Pixar movie up and it's the hot air balloons and he's rising. And, and the point of of that is that he, he kind of put off things in life and yet he wanted to go somewhere he wanted. And we've all kind of, you know, we're all slogging through. We're wanting to get somewhere. We're all wanting to experience literal joy literal happiness, literal expansion, this literal freedom. And yet somehow, you know, we've all signed up and we've gone through the the elongating of it, the suffering of it, the getting to it. Um, But the point is arriving, finally going to someplace, giving ourselves permission to truly go where we've always wanted to be, what we've known ourselves to be. And so there's, there's something very magical in the air. That was also, and this is, you know, here's the synchronicity, um, and they said, pay attention. And here was Claudia early talking about paying attention. And so this also then said to me, and they, they said, the magic and the awe, the unseen all around us. So here's something very magical in the air. Pay attention. It's all around us, and they came then into the star card, and the star card, of course, is is the divine feminine. There she is, and she's pouring out soma. She's pouring out wisdom, knowledge, life source. The you know the silver thread, the cord. She's pouring out this soma, this this heavenly divine spirit, this essence. And they said, again, this pouring forth all around us, through us. So there is an aspect that's in this week or in this moment of time that's, that's presenting itself that's saying, be aware, pay attention, look beyond what's directly in front of you, what's tangible. Look and sense and feel what's unseen. There's an essence here of magic, awe. Um Soma, life force, that's going to be infusing everyone. Um, it's very interesting, the intri- the uh, intricacy here, because today is actually, when you add the month today and the year, it's a 17, which becomes an eight. The 17 is the star card in the tarot. It's number 17. So here's this direct tie. Number eight is the magician. The magician has everything. The ma- The magician has all the tools. And here they're saying, look up, look around you, see the magic and the awe. The next thing they said is, and this was tying into this whole piece that everyone's been talking about in the sharing. And they said, maximize your efforts, your potential by releasing the chains that bind you. And Katia had been speaking about, again, energy, but the people, the places, the things, we're talking about sharing the thoughts, the beliefs, Matt had mentioned, the habitual patterns. The release occurs regardless, but we still have to do the works. We still, we still need to show up. We still need to open ourselves to the purity of our divine essence, our divine being. And when they said that the release occurs regardless, they then showed me, and I don't know how many around the world, um, but we would go on the playground and you would have what was called tetherball. And there was a central pole. And there was a long rope, and attached to it was a like a volleyball. And in essence, you would pop the ball back and forth around the pole, yet it was always tethered, attached to the central column, the pole. What they're saying here is the ball gets released. So here's the movie Up, this hot air balloon. The ball gets released. We're no longer going to be tethered or anchored to this. Central column that weighs us down or keeps us holds us back. This shadow element, and they said, You'll no longer be held down or back. So, we're going to soar, we're going to fly freely, if you will. We're going to experience this light, this soma. And the last thing that they said was, um, and and one more thing also, um, with the double 21s before I get to the last thing. Cotty had mentioned Jupiter trining Mercury, you know, and to look for great things. And with the double 21s, it's a very interesting piece because what came was the uh, the world card in the tarot. And it ties in with number four because it's about the change, the ending, the beginning, the world changing, the, the moment of change. Um, but it also in the I Ching is about biting or cutting through, so facing the obstacles, and gnawing it, cutting through it, so as to reach that evolution, that change, that turn. And the last thing was that they mentioned travel and movement. And they said moving into the right spaces, places, energies, and rhythms. So here again, there's a, a, a much greater opportunity this the great harvest, the equinox, that we're moving into a moment, a time where we truly. Move, change, go, experience the things that we've been waiting for. Um, and in order to more readily see them, um, those with eyes to see and, and ears to hear, look for them, pay attention, be open, um, be pure in your, in your intentions, in your sharing, in your thoughts, um, and release, release the old and I'll leave, it, I'll leave it there, Matt.
1: Amazing, James. I mean, I think there's so much in there about releasing um, that's super important. And I think that, you know, through the practice of sharing from an intentional space, once you set intentions, you can see where you're blocked. You can see where you're old, right? So if I'm setting the intention, I'm going to have a joyous day, right? <laughs> I immediately see where I'm grumpy but <laughs> well, that's what shows up is I immediately see what I don't like. I immediately see what disappoints me. I immediately see all this. Right. And, but I couldn't see it unless you set the intention. Right. So and just throwing it into the full moon because it, you know we always say oh it's planting new seeds and putting new intentions and we write in our journal and we flit off into the universe you know uh, <laughs> you know there's so intentionality is so so important because if you never put it there ninety nine point nine percent of the time you'll do you'll do a negativity right the kabbalists would say if you don't set intentions most of the time it's going to be negative. It's going to come from your ego body, right? So unless we set intentions for the day, for the action, for the moment, for the moon, for whatever, most of the time we're coming from our ego. We're coming from the 1%. We keep creating the same reality that we don't want, right? So the whole purpose of setting an intention is then to highlight all these things that James is talking about, right? The magic in the air is I get to create I get to do the hocus-pocus. I get to do the abracadabra, right? But that is the intentionality of which I live in, the intentionality of my state, right? That is the magic. I create it, right? It's not something out there that I can't, I've got to like reach out and grab. It's completely by my own decision, by my own free will about the kind of day, the kind of couple of weeks from this full moon, around to the new moon that I want to see right in my holographic reality what is it that I want to see more of that I'm not seeing enough of the trick is what the cabal say is sin crouches at the door which sin in Aramaic means well the negativity or the doubts or the lacks or the, or the, the low vibrational energies that's all it means it's nothing to punish ourselves by in other words as soon as I set myself out to do something great what's highlighted to me is all the negativity so unless I say I'm going to be happy, I'll never know where I'm doing from a sad place, right? I'll never know. I never know what I'm doing from a, a low vibrational place, a disappointed place. Interestingly, speaking of joy and happiness, I was listening to a video today by Brené Brown. It, are you guys familiar with Brené Brown? Right? Huge success. In fact, I, she did a TEDx talk, right? That that was like uh, maybe 10, 11 years ago about vulnerability. It got millions of viewers. It used to be when people used to use Facebook for sharing interesting things, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and to me, Brené Brown made TEDx. Like, she was the one that sort of made people aware of TEDx talk. She was phenomenal. And recently she's been, she's a researcher, but I think she's also quite cabalistic in the way that she, she talks about life. She said, joy and happiness are." are the things that we avoid most. Joy and happiness are the things we avoid most. Because what happens is the minute I set myself into a joyous, happy magic, if you want to use you know, some aspect of what James is talking about, I get a snapshot of how it's all going to go horribly wrong after. Right? I'm going to go into a new relationship. I want a new thing. And then snapshot later, oh, but what if it doesn't work out? What if he leaves? <laughs> but I'm going to have a child. Oh, what if they're terrible? What if they die? You know, all of this, right? All of this, we dress up the tragedy straight after the moment we said the joy, which is, she's based, you know, years of work on her life, but I'm just drawing it from the Kabbalists, you know? But it's correct, right? We don't, and, and now since the virus, we, it's even more correct. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do this because, you know, what With the virus is here? Uh, 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 but there won't be a virus. There'll be something else. There'll be another economic crisis. Uh, there'll be another battle of terrorism. There'll be an environment. I mean, I mean what are we looking for? Wait till, like, uh, uh, you know, a clear moment to be happy? Because it ain't going to happen, right? <laughs> it's not going to happen. We have to get on with it and decide that. But most people are really numbing themselves into a thin band of reality. I don't want to get too happy because I'm going to lose it. And so what we live, preferably, is this kind of disappointed ho-hum life. Oh well, it didn't work out. Oh well, didn't didn't quite get there. Oh well, you know, and by living this ho hum disappointed, I'd rather be disappointed than happy and lose it. Reality, yes, we miss the mountaintops. To quote Brene Brown, we're missing the mountaintops. We're doing nothing, right? So so we miss this this whole holographic reality of the vast experiential you know, moment that we can have as a soul, because we're so rather just sit in this ho-hum life of mediocrity, because it avoids me of any kind of loss or gain, right? So we'll miss the mountaintops. So when I set the intention that I want the mountaintop, right, that's what I want to work towards, that's the effort I want to make, then the intention of that will take you there, right? And what happens after that, we don't know. But well, at least I'm, I know where I'm going with my life, right? And if I don't know where I'm going, other people are going to choose it for me. We'll come and pick up the kids, I'll come to the birthday cake, I'll come and do this and come and do that, and we'll just rock along in the ho hum life, of trying to be liked, right? It's not what we're here for. And Kabbalists are always about we are here to, you know, expose the full potential of our soul. That's it right? And unless we keep working at exposing that true big light inside of us, that true potential inside of us, you know, we'll never hit the mountaintop. We'll never get there. It'll be like in the rear vision mirror saying, oh, well, never tried it, never did it. But, you know, it's okay now. I'm kind of comfortable, had a nice life. And that's where we'll get to. You might as well write on our cemetery stone now, had a nice life, because that's where it's all heading. Unless we don't set the intentions really in full moons and new moons that really catapult us into that mountain top. Speaking of mountain tops, <laughs> up in Switzerland, <laughs> we have Nicole who's joined us after her yoga class uh, that I highly recommend because it's, it's very sharing. And um, I want to introduce Nicole before she speaks because she, she had to arrive before we, uh, after we started. She's a Swiss-based intuitive artist and crystal transmissionist who is also the founder of the new content Ally.Vision, which you can all go and start to see forming uh, right now. Before Nicole shares her intuitive insights, uh, James, um, in the background, (laughs) without us knowing, (laughs) very sharing and very restricting, uh, created a website for us um, uh, which links all the podcasts, it links our Instagram so, if you go to thecosmiccollaboration.com, you will see all of our faces. Don't look at mine. Look at others. <laughs> yes, it'll make for a more pleasant day. But <laughs> um, and we'll see all of our um, bios, all of the things that we do, and soon, and, and also James has set it up so that you can book sessions with us straight away. Also, what we're working on is a new thing coming up, and I'm not going to tell. I'm going to restrict on my sharing on this new thing, but it will come. <laughs> and meanwhile, here's Nicole.
4: Hello, everyone. Uh, so good to see you all. So good to have uh, or hear you all. Let's keep it that way. Um, well, um, I'd like to not so much speak about the full moon, but of course, the full moon is uh, a part of it. And for us, it's today in Europe. Uh, for the the people in the states, it was yesterday already. So but um what i really want to speak about is the autumn equinox because um for those of you on clubhouse and that don't see me but i'm dressed in all white kundalini white and have a turban on so and this is why um i want to speak about autumn equinox because this is huge for us we're having this full this four big windows where uh we uh have access to amazing energies and with the Equinox at the time, um, it, there's the solar energy, the raw energy, the masculine energy, and the moon energy, the ma energy, they're like balanced frequencies at the moment. Like, and this is this window is already open, so it's tomorrow. And um for us in Europe, at least, on the 22nd. And uh, the portal is opened twice a year. So we have this autumn equinox and the spring equinox. And what it does is, since the sun is coming over the equator, we're having a total balance. We're having the total balance in the out, well, in the outside frequency at least. So for us in Kundalini yoga, the goal is to balance everything on our internal body as well. So we're balancing the chakras. We're balancing the elements in the body, which are called the gunas. We're balancing um, masculine feminine energies. and this is what we use those portal days for and why we do those balancing things. What we're also balancing is the positive and the negative mind. And why are we doing that? We're doing that so we can come into the neutral mind. And coming from neutrality, um, in neutrality, what what the, the big part of neutrality is for us in Kundalini Yoga is we have the option to really decide where we want to go. And this is what you basically um, want to do because setting goals, setting the attention for the mountaintop part, for a a happy, joyful life. This is not possible when you're still dealing with duality in your physical body, in your physical realm. And for us, it's not from here to the next new moon or from here to the next full moon. In Kundalini Yoga, we're having a little bit of bigger time frame where we can realize things, which is kind of nice. Um, We can go until... Um winter solstice, which is on the 21st of December. So we have like a good three months to realize certain things. So what we do in those days and those weeks, and I mean, with this um, full moon in Libra in Aries, I learned that this week from Matt. <laughs> Amazing job, Nicole. Um, What we're doing with that is Um, this balance of the full moon that is coming in is giving us a great chance that even the ma energy the the subconscious energy is giving us the option to balance the subconscious level so and then we're having this huge option tomorrow with the equinox to even balance more out so um, for us in Kundalini Yoga, this is what we do. So, if you have the option in the next one or two days to slide in some 15 minutes of yoga, to um, have some uh, options that you move your physical body in, a, in a, a little bit more special way, you may Google, like Google on YouTube, for example, um, Equinox Yoga. And you will find a ton of videos on YouTube where you can axe exercise. And I think it's really, really beneficial because look, the physical body is the vessel. Like I'm intuitive. I can explain it also from that way. So your physical body is your vessel. So what you want to do is you want to tap onto infinity with your soul, your radiant body, and you want to download higher thought patterns, This is what you want to do. When you're living in your subconscious area, your subconscious mind, usually we're living in a, let's let's call it a ugly city suburb. Everybody knows where that would be, right? Like depending on the city you're going, like it's not the nicest part of the suburbs. It's not the the happy mom, happy uh, father, two kids and nice house place it's like the the shitty part of the city. So if you're living there in your subconscious mind. What we want to do on those equinox days with this full moon especially. We want to have a little adventure and we want to sit in our car which is our physical body. The, the 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 car would be our physical body. You hop in the car and you drive toward a really really nice Um, nature area where you can have a leisure, beautiful equinox day. So this would be in your subconscious mind. Um, Let's have a, a park in a very good neighborhood, like a very beautiful place this is where you want to drive to with your car and tap onto those higher thought patterns. And then you download with every blink of an eye, we download a thousand thoughts. So every time you blink, you have a thousand thoughts. And now the question is, do you have the quality of the thoughts of the shitty suburb you're, you're normally living in, or do you have the the download quality of this beautiful nature area? where you're connected to other earth, where there's maybe a little river and some other places. So this is what we wanna do. And equinox, especially autumn equinox until the winter solstice, try to think of what you wanna achieve, what you want more of. And Matt, you were saying something really nice. you were saying um, more happiness or more joy. So I think I would like to leave a, a very special thought here. For me, joy is an emanation from you, from within. Because when you're when you're joyful, this is a state of being. I'm, for example, quite a joyful person, and I'm quite bubbly and fun. And but I'm, I'm the joy that I'm emanating is like. Um, I like to think that as a quality from coming from within. Happiness is a quality that leads that comes from the outside. And it's the question is always in in German we say is the hoon or the eye, is it the chicken or the egg? So it is was the chicken first or the egg first? So I, for example, in my neutral mind, I decided that I want to have fun. Like I want to have a joyful life. I want to emanate joy around wherever I go, whoever I speak to, whatever I do, because I feel the more joyful the planet gets, the better things get, the better shit gets done, the better you bring uh, uh, can co-create with the universe, co-create with the people around you, and the more fun this incarnation is, let's be honest, it's about fun. It's not about being serious and me, 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 all the time. It's the me, 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 me state of life should not be what you want. What you want is fun, enjoy, and learn new things and have power. And yeah, this is what Kundalini Yoga does. So for all of you that are interested in like really changing narratives, And moving away from the ugly suburbs, um, try some very transformative yoga. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say for
1: now. Thank you, Nicole. That's wonderful. And before you do crystal transmission, just like there's a couple of things from the chart that I want to share that isn't the moon or the equinox and isn't what others have already shared um, for us. So uh, I just sort of, brought up the chart for um the 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 week and interestingly in the first house which is always really powerful because it really brings up what's going to be right at the fore for all of us you know this is going to be a you know sort of a more felt energy is is uranus retrograding in taurus and uranus is consciousness it, it rules over things like change, uh, radical shake-up, uh, f- true freedom, um, things that come from unusual places, uh, things that are out of the box, a little bit quirky, a little bit different. It's, it's really like where we're not in the main stream. Taurus is where we're absolutely in the mainstream. So Taurians by nature, um, by by ego nature, they love the sense of comfort. They love everything quite the same. Uh, Don't change anything. I just like things to be beautiful and, you know, quite in order and I'll be comfortable in my bed and sleeping and, you know, any sort of problems. <laughs> I'm trying not to look at the speakers because they have a bit of Taurus in them. So I'm looking away, but, you know, they know that. They know that more than I do, right? So, so it's two juxtaposing energies sitting together. That's one. There's another one, a second one. Mars goes into Libra, which I think is kind of worse, right? If you are a Libran, you naturally give over to the other person. Right. A Libra will start a conversation with, oh, yesterday I met this guy and we're going to go on a date. And last week I met this guy and we're going to go on a date. And the week before that, I met this guy and we're going to go on a date. And I didn't know if the third one loves me and the second one loves me this and the third one loves me that. But the first one did this. And I go on and on and on obsessively about relationships because they are, their, their whole concern is with the other. This is the sign where we're in relationships with Libra. Mars is about the self. Right, well, it's about me. It's about my chi, my energy, my passion, who I am, uh, my 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 authentic me, where I want to go out into battle and just be me. Right. So we have two uh, situations in the chart where the, where the planet is completely the opposite to the the sign. How do we resolve that? How do we, like as human beings, do that? So what I think will happen is that somewhere in the middle we meet, right? So we we find this kind of middle ground. In the negative space, Mars in Libra, what it does is it gives all the power to the other, right? I'm giving all my my cheat, my energy, my focus, my potential to others. When I coach Librans, they're usually coming with, I had this amazing career, I met someone and now I don't have that person and I don't have an amazing career. <laughs> this is basically a kind of thing, right? They give everything away to the other person. They give everything up about themselves to be with somebody and they lose themselves. With Mars there, it actually accentuates that for all of us, right? It, it brings that up for all of us. Where am I giving over everything and forgetting myself, right? It, it And I drew this analogy on the podcast with Nicole yesterday. It's like... Uh, I know where I need to stand in the team, um, but then I just go and do, like if I'm playing football and this is my position and this is where I'm strong and this is where I do best and the the captain sort of puts me there and everything is right about the situation, if I go, you know what, they're all better than me, they're all greater than me, I'll just give up my position, it won't really matter nobody's going to notice not only does it affect you where you are, but it destabilizes the whole team, right? So this is, this is what happens when we forget ourselves, when we just give over to what the other person wants. The, 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 the astrology will be showing us this. Right. So be mindful in all our relationships, whether it's with our parents, with our boss, with our usually it's the intimate partner in Libra, but it doesn't have to be. It can be just where we obsessively think about having it, not having it, the pros and the cons, that this and the that that is getting the mentality or the mental anguish going in the mind about what other people think of us the pleasing aspect raises right we see where the power of what people think about us is greater than what who i really want to be right who is my true authentic self where is my mountaintop oh no they're going to think this and i'm going to think that and this doesn't all agenda out in my calculated position right so this is what morris will do it's helpful but it also shows us something right so that we can really see where we're like a victim to what other people think of us right and what the pros and cons are which destabilizes how i can move forward it doesn't give me clear action i'm over considering it right so is that one clear the first that first one right the second one i find it it's it's just as jarring but it's kind of a little bit easier i think so so us, as I said, rules over things where we're comfortable. It rules over the physical world. It rules over earth, our body, and finances, right? Um, so these are things that we can get very possessive of, right? Uh, we can't let go, we can't move on because we're, we're we're so concerned with these things, right? Uranus isn't concerned with anything, it just wants it just wants to change and move us forward. They'll grow in our consciousness, transforming our consciousness, right? Here, really what it's asking us to do is to bring out all the aspects of me that have been hidden. Now, when I put these two things together, what are we suppressing because other people might not like it? What are we holding back because it makes other people uncomfortable? What are we not revealing in our world that's different and unique to us? Because if I reveal that, that may be judged and I'm not ready to be judged right? So let's look at all the places that I need to be, you know, shining my true self, being all the quirks, all the things that are different, all the things that shake things up, all the all the parts of me that actually destabilize the way that things are and actually make things uncomfortable because that's how we ultimately transform our consciousness and our reality, right? There is no one winning the game by staying the same, right? Well, that just came through. Can I trademark it? there's no one winning the game by staying the same right so we all need to change right so the whole idea here is to really see what is it that i'm holding back on what is it that i'm not really bringing forward what is it that i can really want to shine in the world but it's so uncomfortable for me what is that internal aspect of me that i need to put out into this world that's really going to make a difference for my world right so this is a, the two juxtaposing, you know, sort of signs and planets that are in the chart right now that I think that if we bring it together in this way, we can really move ourselves forward. Okay. Nicole. Thank you. Nicole's going to do a crystal transmission, which is uh, super amazing. And I will hand it over to her to, to, to finish. And... Um, your way,
4: Nicole. Thank you very much, Matt. All right then. Um, For those of you that don't know me, um, I have uploaded the crystals that I'm doing the transmission from on my Instagram. It's um, at Nicole Ayana and uh, you can see them there if you're interested in seeing them, if this is something you want to do. and I'm having two different crystals and they're both from the same place. It's a place in Switzerland, it's called Pass. It's um, in the center of Switzerland. It's really in the heart of Switzerland in the middle of the Swiss Alps. And um, both crystals are from there, from a guy which uh, is going up the mountains and then they find them there. And it's uh, those people that are finding those crystals are really, really special. And um, I, I was lucky enough to meet one like those and to buy the, directly from him. So um, the first crystal, and maybe I have to explain to you, this Grimsel is really a special place. Grimsel is um, in the in the spiritual world, or some of the spiritual people say, in Grimsel, this is... Um, a portal to the Pleiades. And there is a whole city of Pleiadian um, beings um, located in this um, part of Switzerland. And I went up there a couple of weeks ago and um, because there, there is a a river, uh, which is um, having a fountain up there from the, 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 the Are is having the, the deepest fountain up in the Grimsel Pass. And um, I was chanting mantras there because I was laying some mantra grids underneath the water. So the water is bringing the mantric science with to all the people that live on the rivers. So this is a part of my job. And so those crystals were from up there. And um, the Pleiades, they live up there. There's, it's, I would say, like in the, in ninth dimension but maybe it's the eighth. I don't know. Someone will know. And um, so the vibration is really, really pure up there. And um, so one of those crystals is a clear quartz, which was um, cut away from from, from his root part millions of years ago. And what he did in those millions of years, he created a healing structure on the other side of the crystal. So, the, the whole crystal holds the vibration of healing. And since it's from up there, it's a very high vibration from, from the Pleiades. And um, the healing vibration is for our most, the, the outer part of our auric field. And it's for the radiance, for how you shine into the world and i think it's really beautiful how this matches what we were talking about today because basically it's you need to figure out how to shine your essence because your essence is what you came here for to live your essence is what you should be doing so let's do that so the first crystal the clear quartz will be healing frequency a healing structure for your outer part of your auric field to shine your essence throughout into the world. And the second crystal is um, also from the same place. And the second crystal is holding a vibration which is cleansing and clearing the water elements in your physical body. So as we all know, or as, uh, as most of us know, um, our body is made of 70% of water. So um, the the water aspect is a really important one uh, when it comes to uh, our health, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health. And uh, this crystal is holding a water cleansing vibration for the physical body to cleanse out everything that is holding your highest vibration back and can leave at the moment. So, this is what the first, the, the second one is doing. But we do it vice versa. So, we do first the smoky quartz, we cleanse and clear your water elements. And then you're shining more brightly in your auric field. And then we heal the outer part of your auric field. So, you know, we're holding a lot of uh, belief patterns that we, we're not allowed to shine brighter than the others because someone might be upset or there are many patterns that we're holding in our auric field that are not really beneficial to shine our essence into the world. Or like Matt told me this week, you need to shine like the sun. So all the outer planets are like moving towards you. And this is what we all need to do to attract what we what we want to attract, right? So for every one of you that wants to get the crystal transmission, you may take a deep inhale. And exhale. Inhale again. And with the exhale, come with all your awareness into your heart space and feel, see, or imagine the light that you are of awareness in your heart space. And we're sending out an invitation to the past, to past lifetimes, past incarnations, past ancestral lines, other dimensions, past timelines and frequencies, that all the awareness that is somewhere there comes back into the now moment. And see, feel, or imagine how this awareness is coming into your heart space. And try to imagine how your bowl of light in your heart is getting bigger and brighter. And we're sending out the same invitation to the future. And please invite your awareness that is held in ideas of your future, wishes of your future, vibrations that you once held, goals that you once held of the future and take it from all frequencies dimensions timelines incarnations and future ancestor lines back into the now moment (laughs) inhale and exhale and my dog is really happy about the whole thing i'm deeply sorry for that (laughs) he's not happy (laughs) wonderful so Let's feel, see, or imagine. Timmy. (laughs) We have to wait a second. I'm deeply sorry. Timmy is really upset. Okay. Let's see, feel, or imagine how your ball of light in your heart is getting bigger and brighter. And we're building now a Merkabah of Light. Next time, we'll do that before, so he can, he can relax into that as well. <laughs> we're building a Merkabah of Light for protection, which is held by the core of Mother Earth and by the great cosmos. And we're dividing all your teachers and masters, all your guides into this Merkabah. We're cleansing out all the irritation in the field from Timmy again. And for the first crystal transmission, which is a smoky quartz, which will cleanse and clear all your water elements in your physical body. You may give your internal okay to be receiving this water cleansing frequency. very much and for every one of you that would like to receive the healing structure for your auric field for your radiance so your essence from the heart can shine out in your auric field and get out of your auric field you may give your internal okay to be receiving this frequency please Nia.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: the breath and try to make a cannon fire out with the exhale from your mouth to breathe all that is blocking out again inhale hold the breath clear all the blocks clear everything that is no longer serving your highest purpose cannon fire Inhale one last time, please. Hold it. Make yourself peaceful and calm within. Hold the breath. And very, very slowly and peacefully integrate the peace and feel the emanation from your essence within unto infinity shine your bright light unto infinity made a long time sunshine upon you and all love surround you and your pure light within you guide your way on guide your way on guide your way on Thank you very much. And I'm closing the mark above light.
2: And thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you, everyone,
1: for joining us. If you would like to find out more, um, about us, then please go to the cosmiccollaboration.com and you will find there about how to register for Cardia's cabalistic Astrology charts and Natal charts, about how to register for Nicole's one on one healing sessions and life purpose channelings, or how to register for Earth charts and uh, rhythm theory reading with Sebastian, or intuitive reading and some wellness tools with dear james and also maybe a karmic astrology chart or a tarot reading or past life regression with me thank you everybody and we look forward to seeing you next week
0: thank you for tuning in the cosmic collaboration podcast follow us on all the socials and if you haven't done so already please subscribe to our podcast and like comment and share if you feel inclined to thanks again for listening see you next time